Okay, y'all. I just found or happened upon accidentally the greatest name in the history of the world. And it belongs to the kicker for Oregon State. His name is Atticus Sappington. Yeah. Isn't that the greatest name ever? Atticus Sappington. Hello, I'm Atticus Sappington. Hello. Sounds like he's out of like a Jules Verne book, you know? Like his name should be like Phineas Fogg. And he should be like building some kind of strange balloon-powered thing that's going to fly him over the Atlantic Ocean to uh, marry some, you know, well-dressed kind of in a nice kind of bosomy type dress. I don't know where I'm going in this. Anyway, here we go. That's right, that's right, man. Atticus Sappington. Hello, I'm Atticus Sappington. My wife has varicose veins. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Hello, I challenge you to a duel. I'm Atticus Sappington. Oh no, here comes Atticus Sappington. Like, strange music should follow you into the room if your name is Atticus Sap- Sappington. <laughs> uh, anyway, how y'all doing? How's the thing going? What's the latest, man? What's the inside scoop? What's the dirt? I, um, I try, I, I re, what did I do? I did this thing, uh, like Wednesday. I, I did a trial rebranding or I tried a different approach. I tried kind of revamping the podcast and I decided I'd go without a title and then I, it would just underneath it, it it just says he's all talk he's all talk which is kind of what I am I did uh, update the description though because it's basically about um, all things that kind of start with C right and uh, it's been working for for me for a while here but uh, one thing that starts with the letter C is cross country and C double A cross country. And I woke up Saturday morning. Just I woke up Saturday morning. They let me know you were gone. Uh, shout out to what's his name? Um, who sings that song? James. Uh, Ah, shit. Anyway, the NCAA cross-country championships were Saturday morning, and they actually played them on on television. Like, it's crazy. Like, it was a big deal. Like, the place was sold out. It's on some, it was on this farm in Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, so I guess this guy's been leasing out his land for this race for quite a while. And uh, it's quite a course. It was tough, man. But uh, so the usual suspects, uh, like I, I, I threw three names out there. I threw out uh, Nico Young and then um, Kai Robinson and then um, Graham Blanks from Harvard. And sure enough, the lead pack, these guys go hard. 
Like, 50th place broke 30 minutes for 10K. Like, 50 guys. Like, that's pretty gnarly. And I think it's only top 25 are All-American. But um, anyway, they went out hard. I was watching, and they tally the pace by kilometers. So you get, so like three kilometers, they were like at 818, 820, which is like sub 430 pace, which is like sub 28 pace for 10K. But, but it's a, it's kind of got some hills and uh, it, it seems like it's, not a particularly forgiving course, but there are some stretches where um, you can take advantage of some downhill, but also there it's pretty good uphill. And so right away, it was like Drew Bosley, Drew Bosley, um, Nico Young, a bunch of Oklahoma State guys like Alex Meyer, who was like a favorite last year and like he ended up not even like he was like their fifth man like this race i think he was in the top 20 like they stacked like they 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 beat northern arizona pretty good but uh so uh so it came to yeah it came down to like a pack of like five six guys and remember i said keep the name habtum samuel in your in your mental rolodex He's a freshman from New Mexico. Well, he, he runs for New Mexico, but he's from this country in Africa called Erit, uh, Eritrea. Like, I've never even heard of this country, Eritrea. Never, ever, ever. But he's, uh, he's like a 27-20, 10,000-meter runner. I thought he was like 27-30, but nevertheless, still. 27-20. And he's, I think he's 19 or 20. He's right on the, I think might be 19 still. So he's an older freshman. But uh, he he grabbed second. He was, uh, like, he was leading. Like, he looked pretty good. But um, at the last, gosh, looked like about 500 meters to go. It was just down to Graham Blanks and um, Haptum Samuel. And Blanks threw in a, a little surge there. And that was all he needed. He just broke him. Just broke Habtum. So, but still, Jesus Christ. And the dude finished 17th in the World Cross Country Championships at 19 years old. So that's some fucking mad respect. Like, Graham Blanks is the man to beat to beat him like that. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Kai Robinson ended up getting third, I think. And then it was like... Bosley on he came in fifth. Nico Young got sixth. He was second last year. Fell to sixth this year. NAU it, it came down to a tiebreaker last year between Oklahoma State and Northern Arizona, and Northern Arizona won the tiebreaker. But it was all Oklahoma State this year. Like they just mollywopped these guys. Um, they put like fuck five guys in the top seventeen or something, something ridiculous. So. So there you go. Even uh, it's just, it's weird to see like certain like Kenneth Rooks, uh, for BYU was in the race, and um, he was like their fourth or fifth man. But this is the guy that won the steeplechase, the the NCAA championships in the steeplechase last year, and then went to the 
world championships, I believe. Yeah, because he won the he won the U.S. Nationals, and now you just see him. He's just another dude in this race. Like cross country is kind of like the the great leveler of everything. Like because you got everybody in there. You got half milers, milers, steeplechasers. You got ten thousand meter runners. You got marathoners, five k. You name it, and they all like whoever wins the race is the best. Like it doesn't matter which you know. It's not subdivided into anything. It's like winner take all. So it's just a me- so there was like two hundred and fifty people in the race, and uh, like I say, they went they went out hard, hard, and uh, but Nico Young, that's what he, he pushes it too, and uh, but he just he just ran out of gas, I guess, and then um, so pretty good race. Parker Valby just ran away from everybody in the women's race, and then uh, Caitlin Tui dropped to like fifth or sixth. So they were both looking really good in their regional races. And then, um, but Parker Valley, she's like, she's just a fucking force to reckon with. Like she, she just starts going and just, she's like, just dares you to keep up. Like, let's go, bitch. Come on. And nobody does. So that's a wrap. But so it was cool. That was a good way to kick off Saturday morning. And then um, what's weird is like, so I went up to Grass Valley with my, I took my mom to go see Pops over at the mental uh, the memory care facility, and uh, but the night before, so Friday night, middle of the night, I wake up, and I was having this, I don't know, sometimes I just wake up, you know, like one, or like three, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like get up and have a drink, take a whiz, smoke a doob, and so I did, I did that, I went back to sleep, or I laid back down anyway. I started thinking, like, who are the great female vocalists of all time? Why I don't? Why I was thinking, I don't know. I think I had like a Linda Ronstadt song in my head or something. And uh, so, so I started with her on the list, like at number one. But I thought, eh. I mean, I'm just gonna put her there momentarily, because you gotta consider like Barbara Streisand is gonna be in there. And then for some reason, I put Bette Midler in there. And I don't know, I don't know. That was a reach. But then I put Celine Dion for sure. Because um, her version of Oh Holy Night coming up this next month is like shits on every every other version ever created. So, and then I think I just kind of fell asleep after that. Like, I don't know why I was thinking that. Female vocalist, how weird. So then on the way up, you know, my mom and I just kind of bullshit about whatever. And, uh, she was telling me about um, just randomly how Barbara Streisand came out with a, I guess she's got a new biography coming out or something like that. And I'm like, what? And she's, she said, uh, that's, I got, that's so weird. I was thinking about these great female vocalists last night. So, so we started talking about like the Oh Holy Night version and, uh, the Celine Dion one, and it just, so then she played, so my mom played it, and I'm like, and there's a kid, there's the last, the last round of her, where she goes, um, uh, oh God, it's, it's, she just, it's the, there's just the moment where she just nails it, 
just blows you away with, uh, which part? It's like, um, uh, fall on your knees. Na, 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 na. Oh, no, no, yeah, anyway, but so, uh, she and then so we tried to pull up Barbara Streisand's version, and there wasn't any, she did it, doesn't exist. Um, because we were gonna do the Pepsi challenge, like, okay, who's the be- who's who's better? And uh, no, it's when she goes, Noel, that's right, she goes, the last part, because she there's the there's the chorus, Noel, Noel. And then that last, the last round is just like, she, it just blows the, your socks off. Like, it's just, uh, and I'm not even like a Celine Dion fan, you know? So, that was weird. But speaking of bios, so I'm listening to this bio on audio, it, it's, and it's on YouTube. And so, which, because I, 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 Sometimes pull up audiobooks, and I'll listen to them on YouTube. And I, I, I got to stop recommending that version though, because I found one, this Elon Musk biography. There's a dude that's reading it, like it's not an audiobook. Like it's just he has the book and he's reading it. I think I mentioned this in the last, the last um, episode, or maybe the one prior to that, but. And uh, it's he it still does, it still does the job him reading it. But he like you can hear like his his like phone going off and stuff, and like there's there's even a part where he takes a bathroom break. He's like, oh, I knew this was happening. <laughs> like bro, and like literally he he just keeps rolling, like it's nonstop footage. And uh, <laughs> so, like, are you serious right now? This guy's just left to go take a piss. And then he comes back, and he rehydrates. He's got a big jug of water there. I'm like, bro, but I'm um, so I'm listening to the biography though, and it's it's really fascinating. But the I kind of did a real vague description of uh, Elon's um, this camp, which it, it it bears better description. Um, because I was calling it more like a sleepaway camp, but it was more like a paramilitary. Is like South Africa is kind of trippy because of that. Because like you can get malaria there, like in South Africa. Like this is a modern city, modern infrastructure. I mean, it's tourism. It's all this stuff. But at the but you're also in Africa, so you got to keep that in mind. And so in this bio, I'm listening to this guy read. About Elon Musk, he, Elon Musk almost died when he went back to uh, South Africa after he, uh, he was he was he was about to get married for the first time to this this woman Justine, and um, so they flew to South Africa to see his relatives, and uh, while he was there, he got, I guess he got bit by a mosquito or something, but he got malaria and he almost died, but I'm like. Good Lord, I mean, it's kind of, it's Africa, it is Africa, but it's like South Africa, like it's, 
you know, like huge metropolis, right? Johannesburg and Pretoria and so forth. But, but the reality is it's, it's still Africa, bitch. Like there's lions. Like there's lions in South Africa, right? So, but I was just tripping out. But, um, but what I, but what was interesting, well, and then, and then, that was actually kind of a vacation. It was the second vacation I guess he'd ever taken. And the first one he took was uh, when he was, uh, I can't remember where he went, but, but the very first vacation he ever took, they ousted him from the board on the, uh, on his first, um, his first business that he created the, um, the one with the city search thing. I can't, I'm drawing a blank on that now too. Um, not PayPal, but the one before that he did, he started, it was, it'll come to me, but, uh, but he went on vacation and they ousted him from the board. Cause he's kind of like hard to deal with. Like he's, he's so obsessive and he's, he's, He's just so meticulous and he's so like 24-7, like round the clock. Like, so he doesn't believe, he doesn't, he doesn't understand the need for vacations and stuff like that. Because the first vacation he ever took, he got ousted from the board of his first company. And the second vacation he took, when he went to South Africa, he almost died from malaria. So he's just like, he says, vacations just kill you. So he doesn't take vacations. And I, I can see that, like... I mean, if you've, you've been around enough, I mean, the dude's been everywhere anyway. And just, I mean, he goes to China to meet with, like, you know, politicians and shit like that. Like, he's, you're already there. And, like, you know, at least, like, when you're there, you're like, I'm doing some shit. Like, who, when, when normal people go to China, they just go to, like, the fucking, the wall and take a picture next to the wall, the Great Wall, and bounce, and that's it. But this motherfucker's meeting with, like, heads of state and shit like that. So, so whatever. Um, but he, uh, he's got like a photographic memory. So he's like a nerd with all the cheat codes to be like a thug. So he's very like, uh, his, uh, his style is very aggressive. If you haven't noticed, which I'm sure if you know anything about him, like he's, yeah, he's, he's obnoxiously aggressive. And, uh, but, you can't outwork him. Like, it's it's just insane. Like, the dude just goes 24-7, and then he literally sleeps under a desk. Like, like the dude is worth billions and billions of dollars, and he'll just sleep on the factory floor to get shit done. So you can't... That It's it's unwinnable. That kind of shit's unwinnable. Um, just like I was... That's how... And that's... <laughs> it's indefensible. Like, that's how I was describing the... The part, the last Noel from Oh Holy Night, the Celine Dion. Like, you can't defend that shit. That's like the last scene in Karate Kid where he just, he's got that move, you know, the Mr. Miyagi move, and he just fucking, you know, he just gets Cobra Kai. And it's, you can't defend it. So anybody, anybody's already got a billion dollars and, 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 and work harder, like, that's fucking, that's, see, we don't have anything like that anymore. And people don't really know what to make of that, you know? So he's got a lot of detractors, but um, it's because I can't, like, he's just obnoxiously, like, too much. He's over the top. But he also gets shit done, right? He's like that, it's like that Steve Jobs thing, you know? Like, he's just, like, 
who was t- I was listening. I think it was Walter Isaacson, the biographer who wrote the book. I think he was talking about uh, when he had talked to Steve Wozniak about, um, you know, do you have to be so mean? And uh, in, in in your tactics, right? And so if so, I guess he was telling Steve Woz Wozniak was telling Isaacson like I could have run Apple, but. Um, you know, you wouldn't have, like, the Macintosh. Like, you wouldn't have things like that because, you know, that stuff was made out of just pure, just chaos and and just these eccentric billionaires that are just breathing down your neck just fucking with no tolerance, zero, to- zero tolerance, zero flexibility, right? Because it's just go time the whole time. So, anyway... Pretty interesting, and it, and it, it kind of it's it inspires me in a way because I um, I think what I'm gonna I want to do a challenge now because we we finally we finally moved into the apartment and we're fully in here. Here's my lady; she just had a bath. I'm checking out the acoustics of our walk-in closet, and it's much better than out here because it's kind of echoey out here now. <laughs> say hi. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Yeah, but it's looking like a pottery barn in here. Yeah, we got like nice candles and shit, and like, you know, the base, the baseboards are white and, you know, painted white and shit like that. So what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so we moved in. So we're finally moved in, and uh, where was I going with this though? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, so, uh, oh, that's right. So now that we're in, I was going to uh, see it. The, like the, the gym's legit enough for me. And what I was going to do was uh, try one of these Goggins challenges where you go, uh, I'm going to try this thing, dear, called, uh, it's kind of like inspired by David Goggins where you go, you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Yeah, and you could do that here. If I can get in the gym in the middle of the night, I'll do it. I'll just do the four miles. Yeah, it keeps track and everything, huh? Well, no, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, uh, it, instead of, like, wandering the streets. Right, right. Being knifed by all the guys that are working on their cars, you yeah, know. Yeah, block to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so that's what I was, I don't know, I was inspired by just the unrelenting pace that these guys do, but like my effort to kind of rebrand the podcast last few days, he's all talk, it's just he's all talk, but, um, but I, one thing, see, with the, I, one theory, one, one thing I would float out there is that uh, Elon Musk is crazy, and he, I think he admits it, or he caters, or he cultivates that notion. He's been described that way, you know, by numerous people. On top of his brilliance of in engineering and creating companies and wealth and all this crap and uh, kind of reigniting the 
electric vehicle movement, as well as reinventing the space program, you know, because, I mean, NASA was just about done before he came along. But um, he definitely kind of curates this crazy kind of impression. Like, you get the notion he's crazy. But I think it's deliberate because it's like, I equate it to like a great a great pitcher, right? And, you know, like Major League Baseball. There's guys like Nolan Ryan who could put that ball anywhere he wants, right? Or like Greg Maddox could just put that ball anywhere, you, you know, on a dime. But every now and then, they'll throw one next to your head that looks like it got away. Just to get in your head and just tell you, like, am I, you know, are you sure you want to, you sure you want to challenge me? Are you sure? Okay. So, but that's the thing. So, the, yeah, so, because this guy, like I was saying, so back at that, that, that summer camp that he went to as a child, it's a paramilitary camp. It's called Weld School. Weld School. Like, Weld School. Like, it sounds bad. It sounds evil. It sounds... and But it was a definitely... I think I think South Africa must have some kind of, like, a situation where, like, you serve in the armed forces, maybe, when you... Or it's a, one of those community Like, Israel, like, Israel is... Uh, there's compulsive... Like, when you get out of high school, you have to serve, I think, two years in the military in Israel. It's just like... That's the culture. And it might be that way in South Africa. I don't know. Fuck if I know. But, um, but anyway, but other than that, I just, I've, I've been, uh, kind of lumbering along in, um, the Philip K. Dick book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And the one distinguishing thing about it, now that we're talking about, like, CEOs and billionaires and, like, hardcore, like, agendas and unwavering, inflexible tolerances... Um, it's right there, sugar. Right in the nightstand. On the beautiful silver nightstand with the nice lamp and the pottery barn candle. And, um, so, and it's really good, the book. And, but we're talking about, uh, in, in the theme of, you know, unbending focus and tunnel vision. Um, the one thing that distinguishes, or the, the, I think that the, the thread in, the needle in the thread of the book, because it's talking about these androids, right, who don't know if they're, they, they think they're human, but the only, the one distinguishing thing is lack of empathy, which is interesting. I think that's the main kind of Venn diagram subject matter of the book is of the empathy, the difference. But um, because look at us now, like it was, everything going on in AI right now, like that's the one thing you can't fake is empathy. You know? And... Uh, which is fascinating because it seems as though guys like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk have no empathy. 
you know. Um, or they just disguise it. Or that it doesn't exist, right? Um, it's just not in their trajectory because they're too busy trying to change the world. So there you go. So that was up. So um, he's got a photographic memory. I think I've got a photogenic memory. I think if you took a picture of my brain, it would look really good, like in a frame, right? Kind of a nice, you know, kind of a Sears portrait type thing. My head. And, uh, but that's, that's about as close as I'm coming to, <laughs> to uh, anything on par with these guys. Like, it's just, it's just a different, like, it's just, like, you just, like, he just, you know, he, he creates a company. He's like, okay, now I'm going to go meet with the leaders of China. Like, that's just what you do. Like, some people get up and they, you know, they go to work as a plumber. And this guy goes and he meets with the leaders of, you know, communist countries that are thousands of years old. Like, oh. All right. He did say, you know, one thing he did say a while back that I do concur with is like, you are paid uh, compensatorily, compensatorily, if that's the right word, you, uh, for what you, uh, for what you contribute to society. So, um, that's why he's got billions and some people have thousands, right? Which is, I don't know. I mean, there's probably some exceptions to that rule, but. By and large, I mean that's that would I I could, could I could concur with that, but but the best I got right now is just my photogenic memory. That's all I got. That's all I got, man. I got a good brain. <laughs> but anyway, that's about it for. That's about all I got for y'all. We're moved into the new place over here. I'm gonna. I'm all talk though. I, Am I going to do a 48-hour challenge, four miles every f- four hours? No, I'm not. No, I got to work, man. Goggins say, no, you don't. And I said, no, I actually, I do. I've got, like, seven kids in college right now, so I got to go. So I'll catch up with you later. Talk at you later. Love you all. It's turkey week, motherfuckers. It's time to go eat some motherfucking dry turkey and listen to your racist uncle. So, all right, I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies.